0: If you look at Facebook and say, this is my CRM platform. And if I close your loan and if you're on Facebook, I wanna be a friend with you. When is your kid's birthday? I'm gonna wish you happy birthday. When is your wedding anniversary? I'm gonna wish you happy. There's not a better CRM platform that levels the playing field than a Facebook.
1: Hello, everybody. The mobile patio is now open. My name is Michael Kelleher. And today I have a very special guest because if you haven't seen him on this show, you will see him all across LinkedIn and not just LinkedIn, uh, YouTube and many other stations. He has one of the fastest growing shows in the mortgage industry. Something to be proud of. Bobby Nagmi, thank you and welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me on, buddy.
1: Just to start, how do you go from getting into the mortgage industry to one day having your own show on YouTube over a thousand subscribers. I'm sure you wish you started it 10 years ago, but I looked at your background at you. I'd love to start with, uh, because this part of kind of clubhouse fascinates me. It's, it's almost a fast track of going from Maybe a brokerage or a loan officer, all the way up to C level decision making at an independent or a brokerage or just somewhere where you might be at, at conferences. So, you've had a long journey where you've really been in, in everything. So, y- your first step was to start your own brokerage. Did you have a, a mentor then, or did you just jump right in?
0: No, I, I'd actually been a loan officer for about six years at that point. And it was a really weird story. It was like um, summer of 2000. So, I'd been in business about six years. I'd taken a job as a de underwriter with another company over here in Maryland and it just wasn't going well it was, didn't fit my personality and I was talking to a buddy of mine I was complaining to him I said you know dude I said this is I can't do this job this drives drive me crazy right and some other things that are going on with the mortgage company at that time and he says to me he says well tell you what if you want to open up a broker shop I'll fund it and we'll just split it 50/50. Now this guy had no experience in the mortgage business, right? I'm literally sitting on his on his patio smoking a cigar. So we were on a patio smoking a cigar. Yeah, I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I wow. mean, it literally took me split second to make the decision.
1: <laughs> now, were you were you playing the uh, the bass guitar on that patio? Because I, I, I saw 1996, so that must be four years prior. You said I if there's a difference between a closing and my gig tonight. I'm going to go to the closing. That, that decision was made in 1996.
0: That was, that was, that was a, a, a very momentous moment in my career. Um, literally, I, I had come home from a gig that night, um, you know, and it's interesting because that actually ties into something we talk about in the sales oriented, not just the mortgage business, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about you got to know your why, right? We always talk about the why, right? Yep. Michael, what I like to do is I like to take that one step deeper. It's like try to remember the moment you found your why. Because that way you can anchor the, your why even deeper within yourself. And to me, this moment I'm going to describe to you is exactly the moment that I f- found my why. I came home from a gig. It was about 2.30 in the morning. And my wife was standing on the top of our stairs, you know what I mean, with our, at that time, year and a half old daughter. And she literally said to me, this has got to stop.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, yeah. <laughs> right? You're making 60 bucks tonight. You know what I mean? You got to be up in like four few hours. Go take a loan nap at 10 o'clock or something like that you can't keep doing this to yourself. You're going to burn out. You know what I mean? Figure out what you're going to do. And I remember telling a friend of mine later that afternoon, I said, if I give up playing bass guitar, I said, I don't want to be just another loan officer. I really want to take this thing to the highest level possible. And uh, that's, you know, I mean, by the grace of God, we've been blessed by that.
1: That's pretty amazing. So the old saying is a, um, a goal is just a dream till you write it down where you focus then that next morning to write down some goals or over time you ran into the right training programs, uh, like sales yeah. training that, that helped you do that.
0: It's interesting back then they didn't really have a lot of sales training, but what I did do was I got in, in touch with Anthony Robbins, uh, a school at that time mm-hmm. and I got enrolled in that. Uh, so it wasn't really mortgage focused, but it was sales focused and it was a lot Deeper of getting to know who you are, why you want to do things and finding that power within that Anthony talks about where uh, um, you can, you know, everyone has this little bit of us that's deep within us. It's a matter of uncovering it and just releasing it. Uh, so I, I did do that all of 97. Uh, and, and I will say that it propelled my career uh,
1: at infinitum. So a lot of what we're trying to do on Mobile Patio is. Focus on tech, right? Like the tech is it. But I think a lot of the people in tech need to go back to the people like yourself that have had decades of experience and seen cycles. So we have not really had a full cycle at mm-hmm. least since maybe 2013. There was a little bit of a pullback in 2017. But those big pullback margin compressions sometimes can stunt technology growth because decisions have to be made. People. Sure. You know, so I guess my question is on the broker community because um, I know on Laugh, Lend, and Eat you uh, interviewed Aim and, and what that's all about. How is the brokerage community the same as it was when you were doing back then, and how is it different today?
0: Oh, it's it's huge difference. I mean, me and Katie we drove into that big time. I mean, there's a whole lot of things to unpack on that topic alone. But I mean, I do believe technology has leveled the playing field. You know what I mean, so the uh, when you were a broker. Back when I was coming up, you may not have had the most robust technology available just because it was cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, associations like AIM are doing an amazing job. Uh, so, you know, Katie knows how big of a fan I am of hers anyway. So I don't have to kiss her ass.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> but she, they do an amazing job uh, as far as giving brokers te- 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 technology that's needed to compete with that at almost any level that they choose to. Uh, so, I mean, I, I do believe technology has been... M- I think has made the broker way more robust i think that's the right word to choose because it's not where you feel like you're in this kind of uh you used to feel like you were in an island when you were in a broker shop you know what i mean the rest of the world is doing this and the big banks are doing this and you're here just kind of like getting through your day and now from my perception it feels like everyone's more equal
1: yeah i would say that especially on tech because the it's the automation that's necessary that causes the integration, mm-hmm. which on software c- can be expensive. And, yeah, it-
0: and if you think about it, Michael, one, one, not to cut you up. but if you think about it, just look at the social media platforms, right? I mean, you could look at, and I, this is not an original thought, so I want to make sure we understand that, but you can look at Facebook as a CRM. Okay. So anybody, whether you work for a huge bank, mortgage division, independent mortgage bank, broker shop, one man shop, whatever you're... If you look at Facebook and say, this is my CRM platform. And if I close your loan and if you're on Facebook, I want to be a friend with you. When is your kid's birthday? I'm going to wish you a happy birthday. When is your wedding anniversary? I'm going to wish you happy There's not a better CRM platform that levels the playing field than a Facebook. I just said a Facebook, by the way, Sounds like my grandmother.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or Bill Belichick or George Bush. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> not bad company. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, the, this- That's a great point. Like uh, the industry does a lot of um, like in Sandler sales, there's there's a uh, saying called painting a seagull. It's based on a famous uh, lawsuit where uh, someone painted a seagull, an art teacher girl cried, brought it, ripped it up, brought it home, cried. Father said, why are you crying? Put it back together, said, honey, the seagull's beautiful. So she cried some more, but the judge ended up finding out what was wrong. And she just said, I didn't see my, my seagull there. So sometimes people create things that for others that don't necessarily have to be there. And a CRM, and it's an interesting question, like what is a CRM of tomorrow? Just because these technologies are getting so much better. In our industry, the servicers, and I don't have at some point, like 2030, maybe at this point, I thought it'd be by now, they're going to make it harder for retail CRMs to work. But my opinion... But if you're just on Facebook, I, I never thought of it like that. You can almost, we always said mobile is like beating somebody to the mailbox. You can beat them to whatever your CR, what is it, your CR? I'm supposed to email them how to clean their yeah. gutters. If you're there liking their, their child graduating this yeah. week, right. And what college are they going to? And right. that's.
0: Or, you know, something that I do on Facebook is if I know it's your birthday on Facebook, I'm not going to write happy birthday on your, on your Facebook. I'm going to text you. Because I don't be part of the 132 people who wish you a faith, a happy birthday just visit, pops up on right. So if you know you're this your client, if you know this is somebody that you want referrals from or whatever, take that one extra step. So it's almost like in the old days when you used to write, write do the handwritten letter, you know, and, and nowadays like getting a handwritten letter is I think a text may be equivalent to that, probably. Yeah. But just take that one little extra step, just differentiates that when they when there's time to make a decision, they'll say, Oh yeah, Fabi wrote me this, you know, maybe I should check with Fabi before I make this decision with. XYZ Lender Online,
1: and from a software standpoint, just so people know, the fact that the your consumer put the data into Facebook and then Facebook put a user interface to tell you all the birthdays every day—that's why it makes sense. It's yeah. not—it's not the opposite. You can make a better mousetrap, but if you're the one who has to put in the birthdays all the time, or you have to put in the graduation dates when all you have to do is look at Facebook and see, okay, they graduated today, right? Um, Speaking of that, I always have pride in I applied to Mass Challenge five times. After the third time, I even like the advisors told me stop and other people like, what are you yeah. doing? Read the room. But I didn't give up. And I was like, no, I don't know there's something about this. I, like I, I want to win it. So I kept going pitching. And in the fifth year, we actually went from 4,200 people. We made the final 25. You know, Sounds a lot like your, your son. So your son didn't listen to people and then kept applying to, to a college. Is that what happened recently?
0: There's a college over here in Virginia called George Mason university. It used to be a a pretty, you know, small little college, but now it's gotten very aggressive in the last uh, few years to get into. Um, And he'd been trying to get into it for the last couple of years and just wasn't. And I even said to him, I said, maybe this year, you know, maybe, like a, just like a mortgage guy, maybe take your uh, 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 NMLS t- son, uh, the test, you know what I mean? I'm like pre- prepping him. <laughs> maybe you should look into like the inside sales opportunities <laughs> that are available, right? That kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, he just kept trying. And by the grace of God, I mean, he was, he got accepted uh, and really surprised a lot of us. And, and just, I, I, I admire that, that grit. I admire his
1: determination. Yeah. You can't teach that or you can only, I guess, emulate it. So he must see it in you or or hear you. Do do you think he hears more and is more of a sponge? Do you have to work from home during the the COVID pandemic where he hears you on the phone a lot?
0: You know, I've been working from home for several years. So even before the pandemic hit, I was already kind of uh, uh, spoiled um, where a lot of my, my, my work involved just traveling to different locations, that kind of stuff. Right. So didn't really make sense to have an office unless I needed one. Right. So I, I started just moving more and more stuff at home, but I think my son and, and, and even my, you know, I can't exclude my daughter. Right. I mean, cause she's, she's amazing. Also, uh, both of them have obviously heard me just say, you know, like you don't quit. You know and I mean, you don't quit. There's just there's little things you want to pass on to your children, you know, and, and one of them was just don't quit.
1: Well, let's take that a step further and, and, and really, I guess, get into your teachings. Um, Comfort zone. So I have been doing this for, for forever. I feel like in inside there's like plunge into the, the tech game. So I was matching somebody I knew really well with somebody I re- knew really well for a job opportunity. Mm-hmm. This job opportunity pays a lot more than the person's existing job, but the person's existing job, they've been at it so long that they're very comfortable with it, especially working from home and knowing that if they need to do something they can And 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 they're getting a new promotion, but this one's much, you know, bigger challenge, much more money. If, if you didn't know it, you'd say go do it. So I, I said, look, obviously you'd rather keep where you're at. Uh, you know, at this time you, you have new kids, and and um, it it just makes more sense to spend more time with the kids. But later on in life, when they say, oh, I'd rather stay at this local, you know, school than go out to this. Uh, you know, Ivy League school across the country and you say, why? And they they say, oh, because I'm more comfortable here. And you say, no, you have to go. And they say, didn't you do that, you know, 20 years ago? And so <laughs> you must, I, I think sales begins almost outside of the comfort zone, whatever that is. Do you do a lot of teaching to help people get outside to get? I try to.
0: Or- I try to. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely where where uh, I guess the catchphrase people use nowadays is, 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 uh, is uh, what do you call it? Um, Coaching, right? So teaching, coaching, mentoring, yep. whatever that is. I'm I, I'm always making myself available to my sales guys, to people that even don't even work with me, uh, anyone that wants to speak and, and and get some get some like, hey, Fab, how would you? I mean, I'm always open to that. Uh, but I think as a salesperson, right? As a salesperson, whenever no matter which industry, whether you're selling, you know, electronic goods or software or mortgages. There is, is a personality that a certain a person in the sales industry captures at a certain point in their career. It doesn't happen in the beginning, right? But somewhere along the way, and I think I just wrote about this, so maybe I'm being redundant. But sorry, it it feels like I'm doing great, but something's missing. You know what I mean? And that's the point that I love capturing some a salesperson's attention when they feel like you know I'm, I thought I was going to be happy. I got the newest car. I got the biggest house. I got these amazing vacations that I take. It's still not fixing that hole within me. And that's where uh, someone like a Michael David Chapman, who really helped me in my career, yep. was able to put in that glue and, 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 and make me see things that I never saw before. Uh, and I just, to me, those are the kind of awakenings that I love.
1: Yeah, and I think I, I, think I read about this. So you had a mentorship that said, at some point, take some time to, to give back and see how it feels. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I see that first option, 2021 top places to work. Is that something that is in your culture that, that you guys try to promote to at least do something, try it and see the rewards and talk about Absolutely. it? Absolutely. But
0: you know, I want to, I want to step away from a corporate perception yeah, you know I mean? because I think Listen, I mean, I think first option and most lenders are always trying to give back to the communities, right? And I, and I applaud them for that. But I think we have to take responsibility on an individual basis. And we have to now go into our communities and find out people that actually need our help. And it's easy to write a check, Michael. I can, I can write a check for somebody that's, you know, I mean, whatever they're going through and, and help them out or the, or the, or the charity, but to be involved, uh, and for me, uh Habitat for Humanity was huge a few years back. Mm-hmm. Actually being there and building the houses, uh volunteering at the Capital Food Bank, um, not just writing them a check, but actually storing the food, you know, spending six hours a weekend, that kind of stuff.
1: I think Yeah, I talk about it um in mobile apps, actually. Uh what I think is is Change the world on at least selling mobile is when you pitch somebody they're in front of a computer that's like in a vacuum whatever room they've set up usually it's, it's a vacuum the mobile phone when they're on the phone they're doing they're doing a lot of things it's the real world things are different mm-hmm. kind of the same thing with charity I, I so my my big thing is rotary so i'm a big rotarian i think many especially yeah. the younger generation Don't realize because it's kind of their style how much they do for that particular town or city they're in, how many grants, the power that they can go and channel your region and and even globally. But there's a lot being done by local Rotarians that if you want to just give back to your community, that's a place that that you can join. So when we we go to the food banks, like you said, um, you know, in a vacuum, you can say, oh, you know, you can give back to the hungry. When you're there and you see outside of the vacuum yeah. you know, that they have two small kids with them, right? Or, you know, and they're yelling and, they, and, and life's stressful plus they're hungry and, and being able to serve it and give back. I think that's kind of what you're talking about. You got to live it to learn yeah. it. Hey Mike, what are you doing here on scene from Beach in
0: Riviera, Massachusetts?
1: Paul, I just landed at Logan Airport. I'm doing what everybody does. I came to the staple Kelly's Roast Beef to get a three-way. That's sauce, mayo, and cheese.
0: That sounds delicious. It is. Mike, did you know that Revere Beach was the site of the first roller coaster in the United States?
1: Wow, I didn't know that. Who knew? Paul, did you know the average home buyer accidentally applies to five other mortgage companies on their phone while they're looking for homes? Ooh, that sounds super competitive, Mike. Can you imagine being the loan officer? What do you do to differentiate yourself in that market? Easy Mortgage Apps. You send a co-brand. And what does that do? Does it keep you off those aggregation sites like Zillow and Realtor.com? Exactly. It's that easy. Makes sense. Keep them in your ecosystem. Use Easy Mortgage Apps. Makes sense.
0: Casey Crawford said something at a, at a at a panel I was I was at maybe it was a few months ago or a couple of years ago I don't know which <laughs> it was I'll be very frank with you, but he said it, it was so funny because Casey has this kind of a, a sarcastic sense of humor that people may not know about, but it came out on this panel, and he says, you know, I want to share some secret with you guys. He says we make a lot of money in the mortgage business. <laughs> it was like, I mean, you got the, you understood what he was saying when he, you know what I mean because most of us are, are are even if you're listen. Even if you're a mediocre loan officer, and I don't mean any de- by, to degrade anybody that, right? Yeah. You'll pull down $60,000, dollars 90000 a year, which by all means in America is a pretty good life.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> you, a good way of putting it. It's all relevant, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you can give a little bit back to somebody in your world, you know what I mean? Which is all like a, your time, eight hours a month, two hours a week, something like that. I mean, just the value of, of what, what happens to that community by by the efforts are amazing.
1: It almost goes back to how you started this whole conversation with, if you know your why, it's easier, I guess, to find what you, what, what you should be giving back for. So you're not doing it to do it. You're doing it to satisfy that why. Or you say something about increase your how. Is that what it is?
0: No, I think just always remembering what created your why. That's mm-hmm. really what's more important to me than anything else. I know that... And, <laughs> I've had some friends who who push back on that. They they don't they don't want to go down that deep, and I get that. You know what I mean? But to me, I think having to, that memory of that actual night coming home, remembering my wife standing on top of, the, and then realizing that I was going to sacrifice something that I had loved since that the time I was ten years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That I was now going to, and I and I went to an extreme. Like I did not play my bass guitar for thirteen years after that. Just wow. stopped playing it all. To, like if I couldn't, I was. I unfortunately call it pride or arrogance i'm not one of those musicians that could just pull out his guitar around the campfire and sing country roads (laughs) That just wasn't my style right so if it wasn't going to be for a purpose if it wasn't for uh, some new song where you're recording or a story about to embark on i just didn't want to really be involved in it interesting and and so for me it was just like i just don't want to play it for 13 years i just didn't pick up the bass guitar just stayed in the case uh and then one summer my wife was going to pakistan and I was like, oh, I wonder if I could find a group to play with.
1: <laughs> and there's, there's somehow like, you know, there's that bond you must have where it's pretty easy to, to find. It's like blowing the conch, right? And they, some and then
0: buddy, I'll give a shout out to my buddy here, John McCormick. He's actually in Fannie Mae. Uh, so I auditioned for a group. They, 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 they picked me up and turned out John Mack was in the band. It was named after him. We had no idea we were both in the mortgage business, right? Yeah, uh, we've become amazing friends since then.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. My first servicing conference, I thought I was going to know everybody, not everybody, but as many as the other conferences. And I didn't I don't know if I've already told this story. I tell it on a sales call, but. When I didn't know anybody and, and it was like, it's, you know, st- standing by myself, I felt like I was back in eighth grade and at the dance. And so there was a group playing the guitar. And so I sat and listened to them all night, all in the industry. And that's like a servicing thing. So. Next servicing conference, you should look into going with your guitar, baby. <laughs> I don't know about. This, yeah, I don't know. Um,
0: I like to prepare. That's one of my big things. I like to prepare for those kind of events.
1: <laughs> Does First Option service their own loans, or there is a percentage that they per, uh,
0: that we do? Uh, uh, and I don't exactly know the exact percentage, but there is a percentage that they are servicing, yes, or that we are servicing.
1: How do you think technology will be a player in the life cycle of what do you call it? Uh, life cycle of a consumer and home ownership versus just a yeah. loan now that servicing is is coming about do you think there's eventually going to be something that sits on top of all this that that helps you connect or do you think you just go back to Facebook
0: Sue Woodard I think nailed it yeah I, mean? I just wrote an article actually for the vision magazine uh, so we're actually coming out with the article now uh, another little cheap plug for me right yeah uh, the vision magazine is gonna be called laugh, Linda neat where I go through all the episodes and we actually write about it.
1: Very cool. And is that in Christine
0: Beckwith's? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And so it's coming out in June. And the first one that I picked was actually Sue Woodard. Uh, Cause Sue nailed it. She just nailed exactly the question you're asking. Right. Mm-hmm. Is when we're looking at technology and how it's going to be utilized, she called it artificial intuition, right? Like your company should know if you're, if, if XYZ is servicing your, your, your loan, yep. they should know, Hey, Michael may be looking to buy a house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we think based on something he's been doing, some pattern, some algorithm that just changed in, in what we're seeing, we need to make sure that he knows we're still there to pre-approve him for his next venture. Or he may want to refinance with us instead of having to go out and look around for different people to refinance with. Either or, technology is already there for that. And so you know, for me, a servicing pool, I think the best way I've ever learned it was it was called the Ice Cube, right? And as a servicing lender, you want to make sure your ice cube doesn't melt.
1: Yeah. I guess right? right? Because,
0: because it, you got to make new ice. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can keep the ice cube frozen, then everybody's going to have a, a, a longer run on that. Right? So your technology has to prevent that melting of the ice cube. And, and by doing that, you have to have that artificial intuition built into it.
1: And there's some people in the consumer direct space, right? That are... Preaching that you'd need technology or you just need to have a mindset, have your corporate board sit down and really challenge yourself, which the mobile patio is about. So it's about saying things that nobody really listens to because it's just a lot more convenient not to listen to it. We'll get to it, but it's called early engagement. And so, as Fabi's saying, like there are going to be ways to identify people are going to be buying a lot earlier than ever before. You might be spending money to find out that that's happening. Are you really prepared or built for engagement early, like nine, 12 months out to actually keep them so that when they actually get to you, I think Sue said it herself, the average person accidentally applies a trigger lead to five other mortgage companies on their phone through calculators if it's longer than three months. So now, you start doing math like algebra. So now if you're between three and 12 months, is it even worth knowing that right? In the mental space of of your sales team, even knowing that if they already have to challenge some point during that process, can can you keep the ice cube cold enough? That's a different type of ice cube, but can you keep that ice cube cold for 12 months?
0: I think that's where the difference between the outside loan officer and the inside loan officer, you can really begin to see that, right? Because the inside loan officer, they're equipped to handle those long-term projects is what I would call that, right? Mm -hmm. Where Fabi has made some kind of, uh, google search you know what i mean for, to find out about a, a school district and a new zip code that fabi doesn't live in yep that's a red flag somebody needs to call fabi somebody needs to tag fabi somebody needs to say hey you may want to look at our rates for a new purchase home you know what i mean because we have an amazing program for this particular neighborhood something like an email just shows up like that automatically from my current servicing lender i think that's just instrumental
1: yeah, I mean, absolutely. It needs to, you need to meet the loan officer where they are because they're going to be more mobile out there trying to get new business more right. than ever before because it's shifting to, to a purchase market, right? Well, I mean, it, listen, I mean, the big, the
0: biggest fear that we've all had, at least I've had, Michael, right, is yeah. that a computer was going to replace the loan officer, right? I mean, that some kind of, and I, and I heard about the company in uh, Orange County about a year ago that came out the platform where loan officers were not needed. And the consumer is going to go in, and but obviously some or another, I guess it didn't take off. So I think there's always going to be that human element that's needed, right? Where if you're confused, if your wife is arguing with you about what kind of mortgage you should get, right? The rate, pay the points, don't pay. A computer can't give you those answers. And there's only yes. so many searches you're going to be able to do on Google. Because, you know, if you do 50 searches, you're going to get 50 different results. So you need that professional mortgage guy to say, Michael, based on your age, based on your job history, you know, you're probably gonna be in the house, what, three to five years, the 30-year rate is here, a five-year rate is here, is it worth it to do the savings? And now you can make the right answer.
1: I interviewed Jim Deach to to really go on your, um, what you're saying on Clubhouse, and he gave the example of the airline industry and pilots Mm -hmm. and how... Technically, they only lift it off. They, take, they taxi it, lift it off, press a button, don't do anything till it lands. They take the last 10000 in, and then they, they drive it into the station, and they get paid $300,000 a year, right?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And, they, and the robots could even land it and take it off if they really wanted to. And sure. what they found in studies is people want a human there in case S hits the fan. Right, And it's the same thing when you're you're buying a home is the robots could do it all. I mean, they can't, but let's say they could. Mm -hmm. The person still for when things go wrong, right? And that goes back to what we talked about earlier is, yeah, all this tech's great in this market, right? But in a raising rate environment with equity going down, let's say that happens someday because it seems to happen every 30 or 40 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. People like the proximity of going and, and holding somebody accountable when things weren't supposed to go the way they were. I think that's when a lot of this tech, um, it'll have a lot of problems because a lot of us are built on the idea of scalability and you need multiple flags, independent mortgage bankers. They don't even know they're working together, but you need an X amount of, of clients to keep this going. And if they start making irrational decisions and you can't predict it and you're contracting and the investors aren't happy, and everybody acts like oh we didn't see this coming they should have tuned into i mean the mobile patio is not about that but they should have tuned into some of these like fintech hunting laugh lend and eat mobile patio and and maybe people aren't saying it but listen to the old souls that have been through you know the the old
0: adage michael is that you get what you pay for you know a buddy of mine you know he's a good friend of mine called me up said hey i'm getting this rate you know and you know, I, don't, I know you don't do mortgages file, but is this a good rate? I said, it's a great rate. I said, how are you getting that rate? And tell me the name of the company. I don't want to get into that, right? Yeah. Said, you understand that the loan officer is going to talk to you for like 20 minutes, and then you're never going to talk to him again. And the closing could take you about 90 days. He goes, yeah, that's fine. As long as I get this rate, I'll be happy. So at least he knew what he was walking into, right? Yeah. How many consumers actually get to talk to someone that's already knows about the company who's going to give them the, the lay of the land, prepare them ahead of time, right? Yeah. Some consumers blindly go into that because, look, they're, they're trying to get the best rate. I get that. I mean, I want the best rate always. But I also know that you get what you pay for in this world. And so if you don't want to pay for the service of a loan officer and you can handle it by yourself, that might be fine for you. I mean, that's why I think companies like Expedia you know, have done well, right? Because as a travel agent, I don't always need a travel agent to kind of say, I'm taking a business trip between DC and Chicago. But when I do need a travel agent, if I'm booking a trip to Italy for the first time with my wife, right? Yeah. Now I want the travel agent to kind of guide me and take me to tour guide and warn me not to go to this restaurant because their, their Italian food is really not as good as they claim it is on Yelp. So those that's, kinds
1: a, of happen. that's pretty eye opening, you know, because you get stuck in the weeds and you just. You look at too much generalities like it's OK that the person going through their fourth um refinance in the last two years. That was very loyal to loan officers. The last three times used them. Single doesn't have to deal with any accountability for anything. It yeah. decides to go through one of these twenty-minute programs. You know, we look at these like your story, and we say, "Oh, that part like that's okay," because for every one of them, you have the entire. From what I hear, you millennial know we- Gen Z coming that have never purchased a home would love some handholding. Great tech and handholding. Yeah. And just don't don't get caught up in the. Tr- the head trash of this one one person out of a trillion dollar industry because there's plenty of people. You just need to to go find them, right? That are looking you know, for you.
0: You know who created Expedia, right? Richard Barton.
1: So he's, oh, he's- yes, for Zillow, right? right?
0: Yeah. Now he's in Zillow. So for all the officers who are listening to the whole Patty right now, just connect the dots. Just connect the dots. I mean, there was an article written by the travel industry in two 2000- thousand. I don't want to give you the wrong year, Michael. I think it was either 15 or 17. And they were applauding that they had 23% of the online business that year. Applauding. And my head literally went to, what about the remaining 77%? (laughs) I mean, at one time you had 100% of it.
1: Yeah. Now you're down to
0: 22% or 23% of it.
1: Right. Where did that go, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, and if, and one thing that I know, I'll, I'll think we should be ending soon, but I'm, I will say that Sue Woodard said something that's very, very like, once again, she just nailed it on that episode. She said, it's not that technology is going to replace the loan officer, but the loan officers who leverage technology will replace the loan officers who don't leverage technology. So it's got to be this kind of a, 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 a meshing of, a melding of the minds almost, where we can't be afraid of technology anymore. We have to utilize it for exactly what it is and we have to own it.
1: That's true, you have to own it, you have to believe in it, right? It has to, if you can customize it to resemble your why, that might be the next phase of technology, right? Like where everything is, um, the lanes have already been drawn. It seems like in many of these categories, can we start to use some of these technologies to create our why or our vision as a company? So we look a little bit different than the other company. Maybe we don't need to, like you said. I guess we, let's end it with, um, how did you get into laugh, lend, and eat, right? <laughs> and then, what would be your advice to other people that uh, feel like they have a voice that that should be heard? Yeah. Uh, like, how do you get st- how do you get unstuck?
0: So let's let's go backwards. First and foremost, doing the podcast has been probably like I I didn't know I was going to love it as much as I did right? I loved it. I mean, I absolutely, I adored doing it because I love talking to people and I love learning. It's a lot of work. So I was not <laughs> aware of how much work. And you know, Michael, if you want to put on a pretty decent podcast, you're doing some amount hours beyond the, you know, the, the normal daytime hours, putting together a podcast. I had no idea that that was there, right? Yeah. And that's not to deter anybody, right? But it's just say that, yes, Anybody and anybody that feels like they have a voice should absolutely get out there and do it. But know that if you want to put on a quality production, it's just going to take a little bit of time. That's all. So it's not something that you can just put a microphone in a Zoom account. Literally, that's what I thought. If I had a Zoom account and a, and, and, and a microphone, I could pull this off. Uh, I was greatly mistaken. My journey actually started about five years ago in a podcast. And I didn't even realize I was looking for a podcast five years ago. Yeah. And I wanted to create, uh, we used to do those online webinars back then. We would introduce the company, people would register, and then you could contact the people afterwards and say, hey, what do you think about the webinar? Are you interested in, in more conversation, that kind of stuff, right? So I said to my boss, said, you know what, what if I got like Rob Chrisman on the show, you know what I mean? And, or Barry Habib or Sue Woodard or whatever, I'll talk to them what's going on in the mortgage business. People come here, the conversation, they'll register for the, and then we can, you know, talk to them afterwards. And my boss at that time said he didn't want somebody else representing the company, uh, so they nixed it. Yeah. But that idea of having conversations with people within the industry just stuck in my head. Like, and I didn't, and I never connected the, that thing with the podcast. Right. So to me, it was just like, I wanted to do something like that. Uh, and then Christine Beck really helped me with that. Uh, she became actually my first guest. It wasn't even called Laugh, and Ethan. Uh, it was just, I think mortgage experts or whatever conversations with mortgage experts. Uh, and then Jason Fraser says to me one day, I, I, was, I was a seminar with or a conference with them, and I was like talking about podcasting. I was all confused. He goes, "Fahad, that uh, that that thing you did with Christine." I go, "Yeah." He goes, "All you do is strip the audio and then upload it, and you got a podcast." I go, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, it's that simple." <laughs> so I mean, it, it, I simplify it, but really, it was a five-year journey that I just—I I knew there was something there, Michael, that I wanted to accomplish. Uh, and I just didn't let go of the, of the idea.
1: Well, now you have over a thousand followers. You pop up on my newsfeed all the time with just c- content and people that I see at conferences, people I want to be around, people I want to learn from. So you're, you're doing something right. We will definitely post the link to um, your podcast in yeah. the comments below. We're also going to post the one to Sue um, in the comments below, since we, we mentioned her, um, and like, where can they find laugh, lend and eat?
0: Yeah. I mean, on YouTube, you can go search for you on YouTube is great. We do a, a monthly t-shirt giveaway on it. Uh, which I love, I love, I love, um, actually Josh had me on his show, uh, shred media and he was actually wearing one of my t-shirts. So it was weird kind of staring at the screen and seeing my cartoon figure on his, on his chest
1: <laughs> <laughs> with his uh, energy. Right. Yeah. So that the was it's kind of- on my chest right now. I am. That <laughs> guy fires me up. I try to do. I just it's not me, but I try to get a little bit over the top. Um, yeah. So,
0: I mean, I mean, YouTube is really our, our choice, obviously. And then there's more flicks that just came out that we were talking about. I think they're they're great, great. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, for stream. fire
1: up the Roku, possibly the Amazon stick. Get your family around. I think the coolest episode. That will be on there is you actually interviewed your boss alvin and i know we got to go so I, I, oh, I no problem take your time like yeah. <laughs> the boss alvin and his wife right yeah i was saying to martin like i think so that my my wife always wonders like oh okay i go i go sunday monday tuesday and come back wednesday at noon for these conferences 11 times a year like what are you guys doing there um I said there needs to be a, a something on Mortflix that shows husband and wife so that you can say, see, this is this is what what happened. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to watching that episode with my wife. And I think there should be more of that. I know Patricia does it over at New American Funding with Rick. Yep. I know um, the Stearns kind of do it, Mindy and Glenn. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, it, yep. it was nice to see that. They're not on Mortflix yet. So if I tune in and see you, uh, how was that? Was that a nice intimate? Was that something my wife and I would get a better, she'd get a better understanding of what's going on in, in the world of I think mortgage? So.
0: I think so. I think, listen, I, I, th- I applaud any couple that can survive a, a business. You know what I mean? Casey Cunningham and, and Rob Cunningham of Zenix. I mean, they've been at it for years. And and, and one of my dearest friends, actually. Uh, and and I think there's more and more couples that are surviving I use the word surviving. I hope they don't kill me for this, right? Surviving the business life and creating an amazing uh, a partnership in their marriage, uh, and so I think it's possible. I mean, I didn't do it. I I think I, I tell the story when my wife asked me to process for me one time back in I can't remember what year it was. Uh, I I found a uh, uh, this back then there were CDs, Michael, that would teach you how to do a teach you how to typewriter data entry. Yeah. Well, here complete this course, and once you get done with it, honey, then I'll put you on as a processor. And I knew she would never do the course. Of a years. <laughs> so that's how I kind of got out of it.
1: The triple CD. <laughs> oh, by the way, it's not compatible with our computer. So you'll have to go do it down at the yeah, line.
0: Yeah, you got you to gotta buy your own computer to see if you're really invested in, in joining me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the laugh here at the end. Uh, a, a nice preview of Laugh, Lend, and Eat. Um, Bobby, I appreciate you coming on. I had an absolute blast, as you can tell by how... You know, I got to
0: ask you one last question. I'm sorry. I got to no. ask the question. How sure. the hell is Clubhouse doing? I'm hearing like the, the Clubhouse meltdown is on or Clubhouse is on fire. It's over. Is that true? Because you're a huge Clubhouse proponent.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I, I think the problem is, and again, it comes. This is right up my cup of tea. If they want to call me, I, I think I can fix it. But it it's eight years of being in immersed in mobile. Mm-hmm. It's their push notifications. So they push too much. So then you shut off the pushes for me to. Inv- so when I used to go into these rooms, like the mortgage guy on Wednesday night, um, housing wire had a room. I don't even think they have it anymore because the turnout. But somebody like myself could invite 30 people in a night because I had a, a big following. So I press Bobby's face and Bobby would get a push. Well, there's no button that says shut off all my pushes except for if somebody invites me to a room. Right. So when I get there and I press Bobby, Bobby's turned off push notifications. Tommy's pushed off. Patricia's turned off push notifications. I get like one person in the room and you want to talk about comfort zone. You get like this huge name in the room and they're talking to four people. It's pretty awkward. Like I just brought in, you know, this person that normally would cost a fortune to even get on a podcast. them it's going to be a big turnout. And there's four people and I'm hitting everybody and won't push. No, won't push. So I think, I think it's the fundamentals of that alone is, is, causing problems and we haven't even hit like in Massachusetts, everybody's gonna be outside in in and oh yeah in the and like I like the C level people on. Those are the people that get invited to Ruth Chris, Del right. Frisco's the Celtics game. They're certainly not going to be on Clubhouse anymore. So right. I I, thought, I think it was a good ride. I think during the day it's great for loan officers and recruitment because the mortgage coach does a great job on there. And some of the loan officers do a mentorship program around there. Okay. Okay. Um so I think you're going to see more in the daytime at night I think people are going to go back to conferences. I
0: just I just couldn't commit the time. Like you know I was I was already working 18 20 hour days. And it was all And all of a sudden it was just like, you know, you're spending six hours on Clubhouse. Like, well, when do I sleep? When do I spend time with my wife and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, it's big. The wife's like, oh, you're on a chat room instead of spending time with me. And it's like, honey, it's not a chat room. It's (laughs) it's different. She Googled it and she's like, it says it's a chat room. And I was like, I got to get, all right, this is horrible. Like, what are you going to go in the chat room again tonight? So yes, they do need a branding change. I think um, Clubhouse is definitely for the shows on the way out. One thing we're doing is we're doing once a month clubhouses. Okay. And we're getting big names in our industry yeah. who are willing to do it for an hour because it's so engaging and real. It's almost like a talk radio. Cause you can have yeah. callers. You can, it's almost like they're on. Yeah. I don't say I the Howard Stern show, but they're on this like huge Dave Ramsey type show. And so the next one's going to be AI fulfillment. The names are going to be huge. It'll be one hour uh, in June, in the middle of June. Okay. That will be promoted. People will go. They can listen while they're processing underwriting. So I think that's where the industry needs to get is like maybe allowing their workers to be on a clubhouse that's sanctioned like, oh, this one's about processing. So while you're processing, you can listen to it because it is audio. But no, I think I would much rather now or let's say at the end of the summer when you come back tune into all the laugh lens and eats you don't need to be on clubhouse unless it's during the day or you're tuning into a a mobile patio sponsored one
0: nice nice i love that brother thank you so much
1: (laughs) thank you fabi i appreciate it have a wonderful day and, and thank you for being on the mobile patio
0: thank you for having me michael